Hoop Dreams, the podcast, an Unlearning Network production. Joining us today on the Hoop Dreams podcast, today is a McDonald's All-American, University of Missouri, all-time leaders, not just in points, but also free throws. 2016 SEC Freshman of the Year, 2019 All-SEC SEC Tournament Team and First Team, drafted 13th overall by the Phoenix Mercury and even does some work on the mic for ESPN covering the Women's SEC and NCAA Tournament. Columbia's yes. very own, Columbia, let me get it straight, Columbia, Missouri's Missouri. very own, Sophie Cunningham. Joining us on the Hoop Dreams podcast today, I'm your dog, Will Gates, and that's my guy. Arthur A.G., and we in the building. We're so glad to have you on the show. And A.G. and I, we always ask this question, but I got to ask you a question before I ask you the question. The question first <laughs> is, because, you know, you was born, you know, 1996-ish. Have you seen the movie Hoop Dreams? Oh, I'm starting off strong on this podcast, but no, <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of uh, older friends who have, and they're like, I told them I was going to be on this podcast and they're like, no way. And I was like, yeah. And so I like looked it up on YouTube. I've seen the trailer and uh, I, I need to watch it. hundred percent need to watch it. We won't ask you that question, but what we are going to do is we're going to jump right into this thing then, but we're going to hold you to that promise to watch the movie because we do want to get your thoughts on it. You were born and raised in Columbia, Missouri. Beautiful city. Talk to us a little bit about where you're from and what it's like to grow up. Because one of the things we do with our podcast is everybody has an origin story. We want to know the Sophie Cunningham. What's your origin story? Talk to us about that. Yeah, so um, I grew up here, uh, born and raised. Um, My sister and whole family was actually. And so uh, the Missouri is kind of just in our blood. Um, but I actually grew up on a farm about 20 minutes away from Columbia and we had, you know, 25 horses. Uh, my dad had his own (laughs) business is he's a contractor. My mom worked for um, the governor here. And so, uh, me and Lindsay, who is my, that's my sister, we played every sport possible growing up and we were, um, she's my best friend. We were tied to the hip and, uh, we were always on the guys teams because we were just like too physical and too big to, to be on the girls teams. And so, um, I think that kind of is our, our country strong is we're, we're a little feisty. We're, we're built different out on the farm, you know, and we eat different. Uh, but, um, so when, when we got a little older, we moved to Columbia um, which like, it's 20 minutes away. It's not that big a deal. And, um, went to Rockbridge high school and won four state championships and, um, committed out of the eighth grade to go to Mizzou. Um, and I I live, you know, six minutes away from the university, uh, university, my grandpa, uncle, aunt, mom, sister, dad, and all of us played sports at the university of Missouri. So it's just black and gold's kind of been our bloodstream. Wow. So all they need is a WNBA team in Missouri, and you would have been just like. <laughs> <laughs> I've been all over that. And, and I hope Kansas City gets one because that would that'd be awesome. Already that sets you apart because when you say growing up on a farm, you actually mean growing up. You got chickens too? Like <laughs> we, a farm farm. We never had chickens, but our grandparents had a, a whole bunch of cattle, and they farm around 5,500 uh, 
acres of soybeans and corn. So um, really? we, yeah. So I, we've actually helped out with harvest the past couple of years because of COVID and I've never done that, but that stuff is hard. Like I've been through some tough workouts. I've, I thought I was about to die multiple times, but being a farmer is completely different. So a lot of respect for them. That's a early in the morning up at dawn. Don't get finished to probably eight or nine at night. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that's, man, that's, that's gotta be tough. Yeah. What's, what's so amazing is, is that you just hearing you right now, it's like your life has been based in Missouri. Like that's, that's, that's your world. That's what you did. But, but give us a little bit, what was it like being a kid growing up there? I mean, I know you, you, you had the farm life, but you and your sister, how was that every day? Cause Missouri, I mean, they, they call it the show me state, but when you grow mm-hmm. on a farm, what are you showing? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, that's true. Um, but no, I, we spent a lot of time playing sports, like I said. And so Columbia is a great, a great town to raise kids and have a family, all that type of stuff. But we, you know, we started AAU ball in the sixth grade. And so we were traveling our, all around the country already. And, um, as much of a blessing it is to be from, to be from here, it's also kind of a curse because you don't have, you know, the best trainers, you're, you're, parents around here aren't typically professional athletes like the kids on the east and west coast or Mm. um you know that type of thing so it there's a lot of blessings in it but there's also um a lot of struggles where you have to just work extra hard to to get um maybe the attention you deserve and so i've kind of felt like i've always been the underdog but my blue colledness has always you know kind of set me apart because i always outwork my opponents and i and i give props to you know this town because i i did have to work extra hard because you, you just don't have that attention. Like kind of Chicago has a great basketball world, but where I'm from, it's kind of unheard of. So I had to travel to Kansas city uh, for practice, you know, three times a week in order to get to where I'm at. So. How far of a drive was that? Um, it's about two hours. And um, honestly, I, <laughs> I, yeah. I am, I'm someone who, when I'm in the gym, I, I go 110%, but then I'm going to the pool. I'm going to go hang out with friends. I'm out riding four wheelers or horses or something. I'm, I have nothing to do with basketball. And so, they didn't make me always go to practice because they kind of knew my my skill, oh, and so I kind of oh. got out of a bunch of it. But but when I was there, I had to drive two hours. Growing up, did you have a hoop on the farm? Yeah, all my teammates think that I like grew up in a in a barn with hay. Like it's it's a normal yeah. community around here. You know what I mean? And so right. No, we had uh, a basket, uh, a basketball on both farms, honestly, and and so it it's fun. I mean, we had like kind of a normal life and it was fun just kind of being away from everything. Cause we had a bunch of land. Mm-hmm. We played soccer, volleyball, swimming, all of that type of stuff. So, um, we had a good childhood. How many, how many sisters, brothers you have? Just me and my sister. There's just two of us. So, um, yeah, we're best friends. How far are y'all apart? Um, she is two years, two years by age, but three in, in school. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you got, you got to break this one thing down for me because you, you said, during COVID, you, you was out there on the farm helping. I mean, for the viewers, for me, break that down. Like, what time you get up? What were you doing? And when did it end? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'm being honest. I have never, like, farmed. Like, when I say I was raised on a farm, we were just, like, out in farm land. But I was not waking up at, you know, 5 a.m. milking cows. Right. Like, we did not have – we didn't have any of that. And but this time I, I was surprised. Like I, it was kicking my butt. I'm not joking. And I'm like the youngest one out there helping, but we had to get up at, um, you know, 6am because during harvest, like you just have to, you just have to get it out. Like you have to get the beans out. You have to get the corn out or also like rot and it'll be weird. I don't know. 
I'm not good at like the terminology because clearly I don't do this stuff. But, um, <laughs> but no, you get up at 6 a.m. and um, my grandparents' farm is around 35 minutes away. And so we would head out there and they would have the combine is, and that's what cuts the, the corn or the beans. And then they put it in the grain cart. So that was me and my sister. <laughs> so the grain would come into our cart and then we would haul the grain into like a semi truck. And so we wow. dump it in there. But so we were the ones kind of going back and forth, but we were there from like 6 a.m. until sometimes one in the morning, like just depending on wow. what, what day. And our grandpa, I mean, our grandparent or our grandpa is, um, you know, 75 years old and he, that's nothing for him. And me and Lindsay are like, we need coffee. Like we need McDonald's. We need coffee <laughs> this is not working. <laughs> in the community you grew up, when, when did you start getting into basketball? How old were you? And, 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 and better than that, where, where did you find, discover the game? I asked my parents all the time, but since I was little, like I was already playing with the basketball, like that was just kind of my thing. And, um, from a young age when people are like, what do you want to be? You know, people are always like, Oh, we want to be a firefighter. You want to be a nurse, like whatever. I was like, no, I'm being a professional athlete. Like I, I will be in the WNBA. Like that's, that's my dream. And um, when I kind of put my mind to something, I go for it. I go all in. And so I, that was my thing. So I think from a young age, uh, that's what I was doing. And, um, you know, around like the third and fourth grade, I knew that I was, I was different. I was, I was built different. I had just had something, um, different inside of me, a little feistiness. And even with the guys, like I was beating the guys at school and of course they're like, Oh, you're, you're just big. Like you're just tall. Like, that's why you're good. And I was like, no, I'm, you know, I'm kicking your ass. Like you just, suck. you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So just from a young age, I just knew. Was your sister, uh, playing basketball too? What was that sibling rivalry like? Oh my gosh. So we played every night, every night. And there's one of us coming in crying. And then five minutes later, we'd be back out there, you know? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, that type of relationship, which it's great, but we actually played in high school together. And then we got two years at Mizzou together. So we've had really? a, a fun journey. Mm -hmm. Oh, that had to be amazing. Yes. So yes. Fun. It was so fun. Now is your sister still currently playing now? She could have, but um, she decided to go a different route, and she's in the medical sales now. So, um, oh, yeah, shoot, I'll be moving in with her uh, before she moves in with me. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I should have maybe gone that route. <laughs> but it's beautiful that y'all got the opportunity to play together. I mean, those memories will forever last. Bragging oh, rights. 100%. Yeah, yeah. You know, we always ask the question, like, you know, what playgrounds did you go play at? What, what basketball courts did that you honed your skills on. Did you have any of those? And if so, what were the names of them? Yeah, so we did. And um, it's kind of weird now because I, I hate these baskets now, but it was the the double or triple rims with like the chain hoops or the yes, chain nets. Yes. Um, but that's what, that's what we grew up on. And um, it was so fun because we'd have the whole neighborhood out there, uh, you know, just running games and, and doing whatever, which was fun because we mainly had girls on our team and we'd be, you know, kicking the dudes' butts. And so it was just great. Um, no offense. I know you guys are dudes, but. What's the name of the park? So we had one is called Foxwood and um, Foxwood. Foxwood. And then um, there's one up here. It's called Rockbridge Elementary. So there's a lot of courts actually around um, Columbia. So real fun. When the Cunningham sisters walked up on the court, they already <laughs> knew the deal, didn't they? <laughs> you see the right. laugh, AG? You see the laugh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they already knew the deal when the Cunningham <laughs> sisters showed up. Like, look, they looking like who got the tall one? <laughs> 
They all tall. Like, what do you mean? Which group got them tall when they all tall? Did they ever try to split you guys up, though? Oh, yeah. But it was all good. All good. Always. Now, see, the playground, the playgrounds we grew up on, it was important for us, I mean, to have a nickname. Did, Did you have a nickname coming up? No, I didn't. I, I really didn't. I mean, my, my nickname now is uh, Sweet Sweet Sophie, but that's very sarcastic, Sweet Sweet, because you, know, you got to explain that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just I, I'm I love everyone. I'm, I, I love people, whatever. I'm, I'm involved in the community. So outside the court, I'm, you know, just a normal, nice person, I would guess. But on the court, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of a bee. I get it. I'm feisty. Uh, I'm a little bit of a dog. And so I got the the nickname of Sweet Sweet Sophie because I'm, oh, I'm not. You know what they like saying, that, AG, they saying she a sheep in wool's clothing. That's all in I heard. Wool clothing. Yeah, yeah, that's all yeah. I heard. She out there like, hey, how you doing? You get on the court. A rabbit <laughs> German shepherd. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so growing up, who who were uh, the well-known ballers, either from the, the city you came from, the, the town, the neighborhood? And who did you look up to when you were growing up? It's weird because we really didn't have anyone to look up to here. And, you know, my, my parents played in college. So if anything, it was them. Um, Mm -hmm. but I mean, we had cream rush was, you know, at Mizzou and we, we grew up going to all the games and, um, that was like me and Lindsay's favorite player. I don't know. Like, I don't know why. I don't even know what he looks like now, but, um, actually he, he, he did the show for us. Did he really? Yeah. He still looks great. Oh, I love that. That is so fun. I love that. But I mean, I was, you know, three, four years old, but I just will always remember his name and he he was a hooper. He's a baller. And um, so growing up, you really didn't have a lot of people from here to look up to. But now I know, you know, like Maya Morris from here. And so kind of the older I got and knew what route I wanted to go, I was kind of looking at her a little bit, but she went off to UConn, you know, and I could have, I could have gone that route and whatever, but I just felt like, you know, I wanted to put Mizzou women's basketball on the map. I needed people to, you know, to kind of be like, Hey, I can do that too. I'm from here. You know, I might be from a farm. I look like her, like I can do what she's doing. And, mm-hmm. um, so I would say, you know, Maya Moore, uh, Michael Porter jr. We grew up together here. You know, he's from a place for the nuggets. And, um, so I would say, but I mean, he's younger than me. We, we grew up together. And, uh, so there's really not a lot of big names, but they're starting to be, which is kind of cool. Yeah, one of my uh, good friends I played basketball with at Middle Area Junior College, uh, Corey Tate. Yeah, you ever heard yeah. of that name? I know Corey Tate. I know yeah. him. Yeah, that's my that's my Mac Middle Area Junior College brother. Oh. He ca- actually came. He was supposed to go to Mizzou out of out of high school, but he came to junior college with us for two years, mm-hmm. and he became he was an All American. Then he went right to Mizzou and and went right in starting and everything. Yeah, Big point yeah. guard, six mm-hmm. four. Yep. No, I know him. That's so awesome. I didn't know y'all were teammates. That's great. So when you was growing up, who did you mimic your game after? That's a good question because I really um, I really don't know. I think that my sister is two years older, um, and so I was always trying to be like her, and, and I hate to lose. Mm. And I was um, you know, always practicing with her teams, if that was soccer, basketball, whatever sport. And so I always just had like a, I had to find a way to win because they were older girls, they were bigger. And so I, I think that's kind of where I got my dog and my feistiness because I am super competitive. So I, I don't like to lose. And so I had to find a way to be successful against them. So I kind of owe, you know, all of my success to all those girls who were pushing me to be my best self when I was, you know, six years old. And 
Wow. So if anything, it was it was my sister who I wanted to be like. Love it. Love it. So you were you were playing with older girls and you were hope what I mean, you was getting your butt kicked and probably holding your own, but do you think that that helped you as you got further along into your into your basketball career? Yeah, 100%. And our parents were our coaches here. Um, cause I mean, my, my parents were pretty good, um, hoopers too. And mm. they, um, I was just always tagging along with Lindsay at her practices at her games. And, um, they kind of just threw me into the fire, but a hundred percent, that's what made me better. And, and, and playing with the guys that also makes you better. I mean, they are just more athletic, mm. they're better. And they, um, I learn a lot from them when I play with them. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. When you're thrown into a situation where you're, I mean, you're, you're not as developed as other people, then of course yeah. you're going to have to learn how to uh, be a little feisty and be successful. Awesome. So we, we want to jump into your, your high school years. What was it like at Rock Bridge High School? And, and truly, like, and, and give me the year, like particularly because you, you're, you're kind of like my son's age. What was playing on the, you know, Disney and Nickelodeon when you were in high school? Oh my God. What's your thing? You know, I didn't really watch Disney when I was in high school, but I think it was like still like Hannah Montana and like even Stevens and stuff like that. I don't know. I have no idea. But that's I'm assuming what would be on. So what was that Rock Bridge High School like? Like what 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 are, what are some of the, the memories that you still laugh? It just pops in your head. You think about it. Yeah. So we, this, it's a public high school, um, but we got really lucky. We had um, seven D1 players on our uh, public school team. So wow. we, um, I actually won four state champions over, or champions over here, championships um, mm. in high school, which was kind of fun. Um, but we did get lucky, but I mean, we just had a good group of girls. I'm still, our, still best friends with them now. And um, we just had great memories. Like a lot of people don't, um, have 71 players on their, you know, high school team, especially from where I'm at. So we, we dominated. Wow. We know the ball. We know y'all was killing, but what was high school like for Sophie Cunningham walking through the hallways, going to uh, class, <laughs> you know, what you do for fun? What, what, what was, what was that like? The high school years? Oh, it was so fun. I don't know if I'm allowed to be saying what I had, what was doing that then, but <laughs> um, I mean, we, we had our fun. We went to bonfires all the time. We, there's back roads here. Uh, we had our fun that way, but we, we had a good group. This community is so fun. We had good teachers, all that stuff. But honestly, I think I got out of a lot of stuff because of, because of basketball, you know, when you kind of run the school, you kind of get to do what you want a little bit, but fun yeah. fact, I actually just got my high school diploma two months ago because I didn't turn in a calculator. So as much as I thought I was running stuff, I wasn't. <laughs> it was like, we want our calculator back. That's right, that's right. That's you would right. not be getting this diploma until we get our calculator back. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Rock Bridge High School, who were y'all rivals? Who, who? I mean, four state championships, Sophie. Like, that's freshman year, sophomore, junior, senior. Four state championships. Most mm -hmm. people don't even get to sniff one. Yeah. Um, I, I think our, I mean, we had St. Louis teams because it, I mean, St. Louis and Kansas city is actually in the state of Missouri. And a lot of people don't know that. And right. so we had a lot of those really good, um, Kansas city teams that we were going against the blue Springs area. And then, mm -hmm. um, Nafisa Collier, she's actually also in the WNBA, but she was in a school in, um, uh, St. Louis called incarnate word. And so those were like our big rivals and we were right in the middle. Was it any like, top-notch girl on either of those teams that she was like i gotta show my ass to her today i'm gonna I'm be i'm I, I got to put my foot on her neck 
Oh, of course. And that was every game. Even if the girl wasn't good, I, I was still having that mentality. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> but that's just how I am. When I'm in between the lines, I'm just, it's different. And, and you guys know, it's just a different type of um, vibe and ego a little bit. And so, Explain that a little bit to the listeners. What, what does that mean to be in between the lines? Because a lot of folks, they hear us talk about that, but they don't understand it. Explain that a little bit. Yeah. I, in between the lines is just like when you get in the lines of a basketball court. and um, I, I think for, especially for women and young girls that, you know, people, they don't have that confidence. They don't have that swag. They don't, they think it's, um, they don't know if it's okay to sweat or work hard or kind of, it, it's not cocky, it's confidence, but you have your shoulders back and you know that you're going to bust that girl's butt. You know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. um, and for me, I, I just, I try to preach that to young girls and young boys too, that like, you gotta, it's okay to sweat. It's okay to work hard and, and kind of be like the guys, you know what I mean? Like give that elbow. Yeah. Someone talking by elbow right in the gut. And that's kind of how I've always been. Uh, yeah. And that's got me in trouble multiple times. And now I'm getting fined for it. So I'm starting to like chill out a little bit. She's <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I, but, uh, I ain't come here to get them my money. Yeah. Right. And so just in between the lines, it's just a different type of focus. It's a, it's a different type of uh, mentality for me. Mm. So one of the other things I, I wanted to ask you, because you know, you're in high school, but Interesting enough, you said earlier that you committed to Mizzou in eighth grade. Yeah. Even though you couldn't sign, were there any other schools or you just blocked everything out? It was like, it's Mizzou or bust. Right. I'm putting them on the map. Yeah. So that's that was my mentality at, um, you know, in eighth grade. I was like, honestly, this program is not great. And with with the team I know that we could have, I was like, we could really put Mizzou women's basketball on the map. And I, and I want to lead the charge in it. And um, you know, I was in eighth grade. Looking back, I was like, "What? What the hell was I doing?" You know what I mean? But, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I I skipped the whole um, recruiting process, which is great. I guess a lot of people it's stressful for them and whatnot. But I was verbally committed. But I mean, every school possible was still trying to get a hold of me. But my parents just was like, "Hey, you got a letter from UConn, Notre Dame." I was like, "Throw it away." You know, like I'm not I'm not doing that. So <laughs> wow, wow. So you about to go to Missouri? and about to change this whole program, was there any girls in high school that you were friends with that said, hey, you want, let's go to Mizzou together? Or, or saw you go and was like, I want to play with her. I'm going to Mizzou. Absolutely. So actually, Michael Porter Jr.'s sisters both went to Mizzou. So, um, yes. And they're, you know, that Bree and Sierra, still great friends with them. You know, they're 6'4", 6'3", uh, lanky can shoot, you know, they're, they're just like Mike. And so we all decide together. We're like, we're going to, we're going to do this. And actually their aunt is our head coach was the head coach at Mizzou. So it's kind really? of family ties. Yeah. Wow. But it was a good recruiting thing too on the road in AU circuit. I, I would see a girl who was real good. I was like, Hey, I'm going to Mizzou. We could do something special. So we actually got some kids that way too, but yes, yes. Uh. So it was fun, but it, it also kind of bit me in the butt too, because when, you know, for the all American games and for, um, rankings and whatnot, they see where you're committed. And so mm-hmm. for Mizzou not being a great school at the time, um, it, it was, I had to just work extra hard again because I just didn't have that UConn, that Notre Dame, the, the mm-hmm. Texas, you know? So um, as much as it was a blessing, it, it's kind of bit me in the butt sometimes too. So mm-hmm. what was your yeah. ranking when you came out? Um, I think I was, um, oh my gosh, that was so long ago. I haven't, I think I was, maybe 14th in the nation and one in my, one or two in my position. My goodness. So take us to the first day. You're at campus, you're at Mizzou. I'm sure you've been there before, but it's nothing like official. You are a freshman. 
What was the vibe like when you got on campus knowing that this is the real thing now? What was that like? Um, I was just, I was just ready. Like I, I was having a blast in college. I know Mizzou is like the number two party school in the whole nation. Yes, so it is. I give any vibes. Yes, so. yes it is. Um, you know that. Yes, it is. <laughs> and so, you know, we had, we all had a lot of fun. We had a, a good balance. Um, but no, I think, um, I did have a lot of fun, but I just had a different mentality because I knew I wanted to change this program around. And mm-hmm. when you're 18 years old at the time, I didn't really realize what I was doing. But I was like, nothing is going to get in my way of doing this. And so I was I was focused. And honestly, I was not the best in school. And everyone knows that. But I wish I would have been better. Hey, that's okay. Me neither. I was I was not the best in school. No, I mean, I went to (laughs) I went to college so I could play pro. So I just that was my mentality, honestly. I like that uh, 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 because most people don't understand about uh, a tunnel vision mentality of saying like, there's going to be a lot of distractions along the way, but I have to be that mentally tough and that mentally strong mm-hmm. to not, you know, fall into those, you know, those things to take me off of my tunnel vision of this one goal I need. Yeah, no, absolutely. And even when we were out or wherever in the community, people know who you are. And so you always, um, you, you got to watch yourself. Like you, you, you're carrying yep. a different type of, um, pressure or opportunity, you could call it mm-hmm. on your, mm-hmm. on your shoulders. And so you couldn't just be acting a fool wherever you're, you know, uh, kind of inspiration, the younger kids. So you just always kind of had to watch yourself. Um, but I mean, that's part of it. And, and I mean, uh, looking back, I wouldn't, wouldn't change a thing. So. Yeah. But you came in different. I mean, you came in instantly needing to be the savior of the program. I guess I'm asking you, did you have time to be Sophie? Because like you just said, everybody was, you know, the pressure was on you or the opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. you felt that you walked on campus, I'm sure that wasn't a normal process. Did your sister play a role in just helping you be a regular college student since she was already there? I feel like I was me. And I think that's what, what people don't get is I didn't, I never felt those pressures. Like I, that's what I wanted. Like that's, mm. I feel like I was built for it. But uh, my sister, I mean, they'll say it over there too. She's one of the best leaders you'll ever be around. And mm. um, I, I'm pretty stubborn and she was like kind of one of the only ones that I would listen to on, on the court. Um, and she had to check me a couple times off the court, which I needed. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, but no, it was good. And I was always myself, but I mean, sometimes in situations you do just need someone to lean on and, but she was my person. And so, uh, she showed me the ropes and, um, you know, I pushed those players who were already there to, to be better because we had to be better. And so it, it was mm-hmm. a good balance between, you know, her helping me out, but me also kind of setting the new standard. And, um, mm-hmm. of course you can't do it by yourself. So it was good to have her by my side. Absolutely. Absolutely. What was that Mizzou first practice? Like when you walked in and put on that practice uniform and you go out there on that flow and you warming up, you like, Oh shit, I'm here. Like I'm going <laughs> to let, I'm going to let everybody know on the team on the first day, I'm diving for loose balls. I'm, I'm kicking your ass. We might get into a fight in practice. I'm just letting y'all know this. how I'm going to roll. Okay. It's funny. You said that because my first practice, we got in a fight. There is a fight. (laughs) I hit it on it. I knew it. Everything you said, I was like, did someone already tell him this story? So, (laughs) no, we did. We did. But I, I, it was the best thing that could happen to our team because we were we were all dogs. We all, you know, blue collar. No one was um, fancy. Like no one. Like we were all there for the same reason, and um, that's why everyone hated us in the SEC because we did not look the part. Um, We were not the most athletic, and 
but we, we would beat people. And that's why people hated Mizzou at the time. And I love it. Oh, God, I love Sophie, it. Sophie, you, so you know we can't let you skip over that. You trying to – did you yeah. see she tried to just slide? Just leaped over that like oh, – We yeah. want to know, okay, how the fight start? Who was it? And are y'all still cool? <laughs> we, want, we want the dirt on that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we <laughs> – she was my post player. She was she was our, our five, and she's a beast. And um, her name's Jordan Frericks, and we actually played each other in high school, so we already knew each other. But, you know, coming in, you don't want – you don't want freshmen um, kind of running running the ship. Like you, you want them to be like follow me. And I'm like, no. Like what you guys are doing here is not working. Like this is what we're gonna do. And um, we were playing five on five, and coaches weren't there. And we we it just started to get real physical. And because she's a mm. she's a she's a big girl. Like she's and she's strong. Like I got looking back, I'm like, what the hell was I ever thinking? But um, <laughs> I just don't. I mean, she doesn't back down. I don't back down. But it just started to get like pretty dirty. And finally mm. one of our coaches came out and uh, she's like, everyone get your asses in the locker room now. And we were like, Oh shit. Like, Hey, are you okay? Sorry. Da, da, da. But it was good for our team because we, we competed and um, we didn't back down from each other in practice. Uh, but then we just left it on the court. You left it in the lines and that's what made us so good because we were, we knew how to leave it there. And a lot of teams don't. So mm-hmm. it, it wasn't that crazy, but we did. There was a, a little, there's a little fight, but it was fun. She's a little fight. It sounds like your team was like the eight, the 1989-90 Detroit Pistons in the NBA <laughs> with Isaiah Thomas and them and all them guys. Bad boy. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But I'm, I'm for it. I, I loved it. Talk to us a little bit about the relationship between you and head coach Robin. What, 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 was, what was that like? It was good. I mean, she she's honestly, she's a farm girl too. So she has that. Uh, that country strong, that blue collarness of just having to work extra hard to get w- to where she's at. But we have a great relationship. She was a great coach. She she knew where to to meet me, um, where I was at. Um, but she also knew that, like, I wasn't. Uh, even though she was the head coach, I had all the respect for her. We had a good mutual respect. But we butted heads sometimes because I'm like that. You know, that's that's not working. We got to do something else. So we we had that mm. bond. And um, all the coaches at Mizzou, they were just cool people. Um, they they made sure that we were set up after the ball stops bouncing. And looking back now, I think that's, that's the best thing that a coach can do is, you know, make sure you're your best self on the basketball court, but more importantly, like in life, like, how are you, mm-hmm. how, how are you going to be after the ball stopped bouncing? And, uh, we still talk pretty much every day and, you know, maybe wow. one day I'll, I'll go back and, and, and coach, I don't know, but when we were in it, we were in it together and, you know, people didn't like her either in the SEC. So mm. we got along perfectly. <laughs> Everywhere they went, yeah, they go to Missouri girls, here they come. I love it, though. I love it. Sophie, let me tell you about this. So I'm in, uh, I, I leave uh, Middle Area Junior College and I go to Arkansas State University. So my junior year, we we do these uh, uh, non-conference games. And Missouri was one of our teams that we had to go up and play. So they, you know, we went up there. They paid us some money to beat our ass by 30. Uh, Devin Booker's dad. Melvin. Melvin Booker. Mm-hmm talking shit to me the whole game. And I'm like, damn. And he a senior at this point. So it got him, Javon Crudup, uh, one of our other one of the other dudes that we know was on their team. I think y'all call them the damn antlers. Oh, yeah. The antlers. <laughs> damn antlers. <laughs> hey, Will, they sitting like this with the antlers, bro. 
They are on. They are on every player when you come off the bench. Yes. Oh, he's not gonna do anything. Sit down. <laughs> they got their little thing going. I'm like, damn. These you got to play against the the crowd, the antlers, the referees, and the other team. Mm-hmm. Hey, they're still around. Are they? Oh yeah, I they do that? their research. Oh yeah, hey, I, I try to be one, but they're like, girls aren't allowed because I'd fit right in the duckhouse. <laughs> but um, I'm like, oh, come on, you know. But no, they're great. They was yeah. all going, William Gates, he sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, what is going on? Here? You um, ain't even playing yet. Oh, I know. So, so funny. look, when it when it came to the games at at, at at Mizzou, I mean, because you said the the program wasn't that good when you got there. So what was the support like for the women's basketball team on that rise? Did you see things changing? hundred percent. So honestly, at our Rockbridge high school games, mm-hmm. we are, um, a lot of people didn't want to come here because, you know, we're kind of in the middle of, we're two hours from Kansas city. We're two hours from St. Louis. So that people don't want to travel to us. Plus we were really good during the time. And so every time we had a home game, our, People were out the door. Like our gym was packed. People were standing everywhere. So it was like a really fun environment. And then mm-hmm. you'd go over to the Mizzou games and we had more people at our high school games than at Mizzou. And so, wow, yeah. yeah. And so we're like, well, this is, I was like, that's, you know, that's got to change because you know that when the, when the crowd is good and people are in the stands, you, you kind of have a, like a little different vibe about yourself. Yep. And, um, we, you know, actually there wasn't a lot of people there, but every year, you know, there's just more and more people. And, um, I think we, when I was there, we averaged around eight to 9,000 at our games. There was one, one game where we got, you know, over 12,000 people and set the record for attendance for men and women for a really long time. Of course, you, you just saw it keep going and, and, and getting bigger. And the community support around here was, was awesome. But um, I mean, we were out in the community a lot too. And we, we made sure that we did our part to get people in the stands to, mm-hmm. to show off our talent because for you know, the, the women's game is just different than the men. You're not going to see dunking. You're not going to be doing all this stuff, but it's just as fun right. to watch if you can get people in the stands. So uh, our parents know a lot of people around the community and um, they, they did their part of getting people in the stands too. And once they were there, people would keep coming back. And so uh, it was just getting their foot in the door. But yeah, from my freshman to my senior year, the crowds just kept getting bigger and bigger. What about okay. the support okay. from the from the university itself? Did you see a difference in how? And I'm asking this simply because you know we just saw what happened during the NCAA tournament last year yeah. and the, the men's weights and the women's weight. Did you see any of those things happening at Mizzou? You know, no. They took really good care of us, and um, of course, the better that you are, you you get more perks and you get you more attention, more money, all that stuff. So you have to do your part too. And I, I don't even know if we made money over there, but when we were winning, we'd get more stuff. And and I, I mean, you like that, right? You, you get better shoes, you get better sweatshirts, you get all that stuff. But the, when we went to the NCAA tournament, we didn't even have a weight room. So I didn't even think about, <laughs> right, I didn't really? think about that. We didn't, we didn't have a weight room. We didn't do anything. So, wow. but I, but I didn't even notice it until, you know, they, I, I saw their weight room and I was like, dang. And then I looked, thought about them like, Shit, we didn't even have one. So mm-hmm. at least y'all had tiny weights. I don't know. Now, Missouri school itself is a is a pretty much uh, well-funded school. So did you like the amenities? Like you guys as student, student uh, hangout center, mm-hmm. y'all, bat, y'all practice, you know, how was that? Yeah. So we had um, a great practice facility. We had a great weight room. Um, it was actually all just redone two years before I got there. So it's still pretty new. 
if, 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 our, if your football team's good, then everyone else is going to be good. And we were oh, good, yeah. and then we slowly declined. It was like, hey, y'all need to get your shit together so we can have the perks too. <laughs> and, um, right. But, no, our food was good. Our, our hangouts were awesome. All teams got along. And, um, I mean, yeah, y'all know that athletes are your – a big family when um, yep. you're all together all the time. And so Absolutely. Uh, they took good care of us over there. So you're playing in the Southeastern Conference. What were some of the toughest arenas you had to play in? I would probably say Texas A&M. I, I don't know if their arena was tough, but we would always get, um, I forgot, I think they called the 12th man, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah. it's when, when all of their people come. And they, it was always our game that they would come. And it was wild. It was a lot of fun. And I love playing in big crowds like that. Uh, but Mississippi State, they were tough. I mean, they they were a good team. But I think, hands down, it was South Carolina. Because, you know, they sold out a 20,000-seat arena every time. And every time I touched the ball in that arena, it was it was booze. Every time I touched it. And so wow. I, had to, I had to be police escorted to places because people hated me so much. So uh, really? I love that type of stuff. Yeah. Did you hear what she said, A.G.? She yes. needed a police escort. Now, is that because the sweet selfie? <laughs> or because they were saying, she's just killing us. We don't even want her to play today. Right. Not, uh, we, we, so they were they were number one in the nation. And, and Mizzou was the only one to beat them back to back. And oh. I, yeah, so I, I hit a buzzer reader against them my sophomore year. And then junior year, they came in and, and we beat them. And Don... I, maybe she still likes me. I don't, or she likes me now, but she did not like me. Like I, oh gosh. And it was just bad. So they just, we had bad blood, but that was a fun rivalry. Um, but every time you went down there, yeah, I was getting threats left and right. So police were outside our hotel, like anywhere in the arena, what? I had to be like police escorted. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I love that stuff. I love that. I love it. During your time, did y'all play KU? No. No. Interesting. I know. I wish I wish they would have. I, my junior year there, the, the men started having that uh, border battle. Again, yes. And it was awesome. Like, it was so cool. But um, they wouldn't fund the women's. They, they wouldn't let us go. But I would love to. Because that, that is one of the best rivalries. I swear. It's one of the it's best. It's crazy. You, you would think they would have really had a battle of the state. Because it could have mm-hmm. been you guys, K-State. KU and probably even throw St. Louis in there. Mm-hmm. That would have been. That would have been. It would have been good. I'm telling yes. you, the, the crowds around just all the rivalries. Like it would. It would have been awesome. But I'm. I don't know why. Why they don't. They need to. They need to. Yeah. Like I, I think that. I think that would be a great. Like if those teams was just in a tournament by itself, mm-hmm. like a like some type of weekend thing in yeah. Missouri, that would bring the state from mm-hmm. I mean people from all different yes. parts yeah. of the state to see because they some people are alumni at, at St. Louis University, some yeah. at Mizzou, and and man, I, I'm, that would be really nice. One we still have is actually Illinois that border battle, and that oh is- yeah that. So that's a good one. And I never knew that was like a, a thing, but yeah. nothing's like the KUMU thing. But now I get the Illinois one. So I got to play in that. Mm-hmm. And I think when Illinois play, like they play for something, like there's a big there's trophy. A tr- yeah, yeah, a big trophy mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. 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 So that one's a good one. But so you, so you had a, Sophie, you had a chance to play in the, in the March Madness tournament, the women's. And for, I mean, I went to college. I, I mean, I never got to a tournament. What's that experience like, your first one? Yeah, I mean, it was 
it was cool. Um, I will say like, that's all I ever, and I'm, and I'm saying this very humbly. It's all I ever knew, but the other girls who were there before, they're like, you do not want to go to that NIT. Like you, you do not want to do that. And I was like, okay, well we need to win games then. Cause my ass is not going there. And, you're not <laughs> and, um, <laughs> um, and so just like the, the, the hotels, the, the way that you get treated, the food you eat, um, the gear that you get, um, it's just really nice. It's a nice presentation. Um, but you know, that's the best of the best. And, uh, each year we, we made it farther and farther. Um, mm. but no, it was a really cool experience. We went down to Texas, my, my freshman year and, um, made it to the second round, then played Texas, which they're always, you know, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I mean, it was awesome. Uh, I'm blessed with a lot of great experiences and that's definitely one of them. Beautiful, beautiful. What What is your take on, even when you were playing and even up to now, the media coverage of the, the women's game? Do you think it's gotten better? Do you see improvements? And if so, what, what, what can be done? Yeah, I think um, each year, you know, you, you try to fight to just get a little more, a little more attention. And I think um, with social media, kind of people seeing what the men get compared to what the women get that Mm -hmm. that kind of opens up people's eyes of like, Oh, well, we didn't know that. And I'm how how would people know, you know, they're not in it every day, like we were. And so I think the more that you can just spread awareness, you you know, you kind of get a little more because you, people see you're just not treated the same. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and and I know COVID was, was bad for a lot of people, but for me, um, being in the WNBA and the coverage that we got, our, our viewing went out the roof And and it's still that way because, you know, people had nothing else to do and they actually put us on, the ESPN channels, the big channels that people watch sports on. And mm-hmm. now that people saw and watched us, uh, they like it. But, but I mean, it's super hard before the, before the pandemic, it was super hard to even get a game on the TV. Like my parents have a subscri- subscription, but they could barely watch it because it's always blacked out. And so they make it so hard for people to, mm. to watch our games. And no wonder why people aren't going to watch us because the channel is not even, you can't even see anything. Can't so, even see anything. Yeah. And so, I mean, the WNBA has got to be better. But I think just with partnerships and COVID, you know, people want to support us and they want to put us on their their channels. And so pandemic sucked for a lot of reasons. But I think for women in sport, it it helped us quite a bit. And you guys had a powerful movement during the pandemic mm-hmm. with obviously with the, the social justice platform that I mm-hmm. think really elevated the women's game from a social movement perspective. Uh, what was that like for you during that time? I think you can ask anyone who was in the bubble that that was probably like the worst experience that anyone was had ever been a part of, but just the bubble itself. Like it was very Mm -hmm. isolating. Our bubble compared to the men's bubble was like, you can't even compare the two. Like ours was absolutely terrible. And, um, but I think it was bad. It was really bad. Um, but I think we were doing it for something bigger and we all came together as a whole league. And mm. I think that was some of the like some of the meetings we had and some of the nights we were all gathered together was some of the most powerful things that I have ever done. Like it, like it gives me chills and it, it mm. for us like not no one has ever been in that type of situation before and it's always compete yeah. compete compete like we don't like them like da 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 but mm-hmm. for us to all come together and become friends and actually get to know each other off the court and fight for something bigger than ourselves, um, mm. I think will always give me chills. Like it was awesome. It was so fun to be a part of. I could just imagine what 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 that was like. I, I was just getting chills listening to you talk about it. Yeah, we we want to thank you for that because you guys had the greatest impact. I yep. think it even I think it even you know motivated the NBA to step mm-hmm. up their game. 
And and yeah. speaking of that, why, why do you think that the money is not the same for the NBA versus the WNBA? Whether it be salaries, whether it, you was talking a little bit earlier, you know, the TV exposure, even the endorsements. What what do you think is the the hold on that? Um, honestly, it's uh, us WNBA players. We go overseas to make all of our money because in other cultures and other countries. They don't care if you're a man or women. If you're putting on, if you're putting good product on the court and you're competing and it's fun, people are going to show up and you're going to get paid for the work you put in. And mm. um, and I, I think it's the culture. And here in America, it's our culture just doesn't. It's that's not how we operate. That's not. And, and we get better every year, but it's it's the culture problem, I think. And um, our CBA, which is like um, people who are listening, it's an agreement between the league and the players. Mm-hmm. And the CBA it, it was terrible, and it we had it for um, like twenty years, and we just now got our C, a new CBA switched, and so we have more perks, and we we're getting more money, and we're seeing a lot of that money. But um, I didn't know this. But say you one of you have a jersey, and I want to buy it. Fifty mm-hmm. percent of and it's a hundred dollars. You get fifty dollars, and the league gets fifty dollars. Where if you go and buy my jersey, the league gets a hundred dollars, and I see zero percent of it. And really? so, yeah, so it's, it's not really the, a money issue. It's the percentages of what revenue we see and what we don't see. And mm. so that's, that's our fight. And a lot of people think like, we're not asking to get paid like the men. Like we're, we're not dumb. We're not dumb people. We will never get paid. No one will ever have a $30 million contract. Like that's just, that's right. not it. But we're just, our fight is just kind of getting our percentages, right? So we can see a little bit of the revenue that we, we do make. So if we go and buy a Sophie Cunningham jersey, you won't see a penny of it. Nothing. Interesting. Nothing. But but it's getting switched. So hopefully you hopefully I will uh, down the road. Yeah. I mean, it's a fight. You got to kind of fight every day for it. But I try not to get too involved in it. And I know it's a problem, but you could beat yourself up and go round and round about why we're not getting paid the way we get paid. But at the end of the day, yeah. you know, like I'm healthy, I'm blessed. I, I dribble a ball for a living. Um, mm-hmm. I can go overseas and make a ton more money and um, live very, very comfortably. You know, a lot of my teammates make millions of dollars overseas. And so um, my motivation is, you know, just keep working hard, get better every day, and I'll end up where I'm supposed to end up. And hopefully I, hopefully it's better for the next generation behind us and we can we can set them up for you know, a little bit better than what we had it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, we have this segment, Sophie. We call it halftime. We're going to hit you with some quick hitters and we want to hear what you think. But I got to ask you this question first. What's up with you and Nelly? You see that, AG? She blushing. She blushing, oh, AG. I, <laughs> I love Nelly. And you would think that somewhere in between this, like, we've, been to the same place that we have never met and i need to make that happen what (laughs) nelly you gotta you gotta speak reach out to sophie (laughs) so what are your top three favorite rappers or musicians oh that's good um i love drake i think he's good love him um but i but i'm y'all know i'm from the country so i like my country i like yeah yeah luke yeah i know y'all don't know do you know who luke combs is you yes. listen to him every day. Luke Combs, uh, you know, Kenny Chesney. I I love all types of music, but it just depends. Like when I'm home and you're on a back road and you're, you know, I listen to country. Well, give me your, your top three favorite country artists. 
Ooh. Um, love uh, Blake Shelton. He's good. Uh, Luke Holmes and Kenny Chesney. Those are my those are my guys. There it is. There it is. Luke, Blake, and Kenny. <laughs> so basic, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Give us your favorite movies or TV shows. Oh, that's good. Okay, so I'm by myself a lot because we we travel a lot. So I hate, I cannot watch anything scarier that will like make me freaked out. And so what? I have to, I, I can't because I, I will literally, I'm by myself all the time. And even though I'm a bigger girl and I try to act tough, I deep down, I'm like, shit, someone help me. Like there's something in my closet. You know what I mean? <laughs> And so I have to like, I got to go with like the feel good show. So I'm more of like a Netflix is like my, my best friend, you know, Sweet Magnolia, Virgin River, the, the lighthearted things that I can, okay. you know. Oh, Yellowstone. Have you guys seen Yellowstone? No, I glanced at it. I glanced I've seen the advertising for it. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Well, everyone loves it. So you guys just have to give it a chance. It's really good. So those are my shows. Your favorite cities to travel to? Oh, that's a good one. Um, whoo. Honestly, Phoenix and Scottsdale is pretty fun. Not going to lie. Love it down there. Um, Love Chicago. Uh, We grew up playing a lot of ball there. So that's a a fun one. Um, I can do New York for a little bit. uh, But then there's just way too many people and not enough like greenery. So I got to get out of there. But Miami, you know, I'm a beach girl. Like I I love the ocean. So anywhere where there's water, I'm, I'm for it. So. Okay. Okay. Who is the toughest player to guard? Ooh, that's good. Well, I hate guarding the little quick little shits. I hate that. I hate that. I I much rather guard a big girl than like people who are gonna break my freaking ankles. Right, um, right. But you know, a tough guard, Diana Taurasi. She, I mean, I have to play against her every day, and she she's tough. Like, yeah. Her IQ is is out the roof, and so um, I think she's probably the toughest guard I've ever had to guard. Yeah, I mean, you got to guard her in practice every day. Right. Oh my right. gosh, my, I have like freaking bruises because she she's just as dirty. And oh my gosh, so sometimes I got to get her back too. But I know she's a little <laughs> older and fragile, so I have to be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is gonna be a tough one here. Favorite teammate? Ooh, I have to go with BG. Um, I, I love my teammate, and our team is so fun this year, and we all get along. But uh bg's my my girl she's my face shout out to britney griner yeah yeah i need to get her on the show y'all would, yeah. y'all would get along let me tell you she's great we'd love to have her yes <laughs> absolutely yeah 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 absolutely ag about to hit you with one though who has better barbecue missouri or texas Nah, KC boy. She said I ain't even I ain't even a competition, AG. What's your spot? When you when you like you home now, where you go? Honestly, if you just go down the highway and you see barbecue, it's gonna be freaking good. But uh I'm I'm serious. It, it's just and that's why I'm everyone's like, why are you so like sturdy i'm like well if you go home and eat in my hometown you're gonna gain 15 pounds so get your right. skinny ass over there and eat some barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> you know i actually thought you was gonna say oh i go to gates barbecue all the time hey but it's so good it's so it good. Is good it, it uh, is good yeah i still yeah. order a barbecue sauce i mm-hmm. still have it shipped in sophie let me ask you this about barbecue do you put sauce on a steak or you no oh, no yeah. sauce 
I'm all for the sauces. I'm I'm, I'm, see, I'm, see, I'm a no sauce guy. Like I like it to just come right off the grill and just put it on my plate while it's sizzling and popping. No sauce. I want to. It's still good that way, but I like. I'm obsessed with a one sauce. I do not know why. So it could be the best steak that needs <laughs> nothing. But I'm still Sophie, on it. Really, Sophie, you just stole my heart. <laughs> my family don't understand why I like a one sauce. I'm like, I love it. So good. So I love good. It. You, you like A1 sauce, Will? Oh, I never man. knew that. I love it. I love it. Since I was a kid, I love it. I, that's what I put on my steak, A1 steak sauce. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you for playing halftime with us. Yes, yes. So now we're going to just talk about your WNBA career. You are a professional doing the thing that you love to do, and that just, just got to be you know, amazing. Tell, give us the 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 draft night. Okay, so so good. Um, we all went up to New York because you know that was uh, before all this pandemic, so it was back to like the normal lifestyle where you could do that, and it was awesome. It was honestly a, a really busy day because you they take you all around the you know the Empire State, but like all these different places, and then um, they give you about three hours to get ready, which is I need like five minutes, but you know, everyone else is real bougie. So go put yeah. on your lashes and whatnot. So they gave us uh, three hours. They had people to do our hair, makeup, but uh, they made it real fun for us. And, um, draft night. It's so weird because you, you don't, you just don't know. Cause you, you know, I, I was predicted to go maybe, um, second or third, depending on what the team decided to do. Um, so like really? you could literally go anytime. And, um, but I didn't go until, um, the third, was it 13th? I don't know. Was it 13th? Yeah. I think 13th. I was 13th. <laughs> I don't even know. And so you're just kind of like waiting and you're just anxious because you talk to all these teams and, and you, you get along with everyone. And the, actually the only team I didn't talk to was Phoenix. And the, that's who drafted wow. me. So, wow. uh, kind of really? Yeah. So is it, is it like the men's where you guys can go and work out for teams before the draft? After the championship game? Mm-hmm. All those girls who were going to the draft, they had to fly in that next day. And the draft was like that next day. So wow. you literally go from you go from college straight to the draft, straight to your team. So we get no wow. break, like absolutely no break at all. And so it, it's kind of a tough transition. And they always say rookie year, that's when you see everyone kind of getting hurt and whatnot, because, mm-hmm. you know, you've been going for 20 plus years and you don't get a break, but. Yeah. Until you kind of get out of that rookie stage, then you kind of know how to balance your workouts. Because you didn't go visit Phoenix or talk to them, who did you think was going to pick you? Yeah, well, I thought I was going to um, Seattle, so uh, which I would mm. love to. You know, you know that it has Stewie, has Sue Bird. Um, yeah. I fit. I fit in with their system. You know, they come up. Uh, it, it's just a bunch of shooters, and I love their yeah. coach. I just love the way they do stuff, and so I thought I was going to be going with them. But then my agent's like, hey, you're probably, you know, right before they're like, I think you're going to Phoenix. And I was like, what? Like, I, <laughs> we didn't talk. I don't know. And so then when I um, went to Phoenix, which I'm lucky, I mean, I was either going to Stewie and Sue Bird or BG and Diana. So it's not, it's a toss up. Like everyone's great. So mm. I've learned from the best either way. Second round, 13th overall pick. The second round's a little bit different in the WNBA. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure you were excited because you got picked. But mm-hmm. then once, and like you say, there's no time off. So when you were the second round 13 pick, what what was your mind? Did you like, okay, I got to go to work now. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's weird though, because our, our class was stacked. So if any of us were split up, we all would have been, you know, first, second, third, fourth, but our, we had a, a great class. Like we were tough. And so just to be in the, the same conversation as some of those people was a blessing, but I knew that I, I wanted more. And so, um, you know, it is a lot going from college straight to, um, the draft straight to Phoenix, but I mean, you got to do it. And, um, it, it was tough and you don't, you don't get much time with your family. You don't, uh, get to say goodbye to everyone. You kind of just get shipped off. But, um, to me now it's normal because after the WBA season, you get 10 days max and then you're shipped off to a country that doesn't even speak your language. So you just kind of get numb to it. Um, mm. but I don't think anyone really loves that, but, um, it's just something we have to do as, as women. Who was in that draft? Arike was in that draft. Katie Lou, Nafisa, Kalani Brown, which I think she's actually out of the league now. Her her dad was it is it PJ Brown or something? He played in the mm-hmm. league for a little bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, half of them aren't even in the W anymore. But at the time, our our class was was stacked. So. You see how she told us about, well, you know, everyone, you know, they get you ready. You got to go over there and get ready for draft night. You know, me, I'm just, I'm not that. I'm looking at draft night picture right here. Guys, sometimes I don't always look like I just fed the chickens, even though I don't have chickens. I think that took more than five minutes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. I didn't say, I said I can get ready in five minutes. <laughs> that ah. night it did not. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm that is awesome. Yeah. Let's keep it there on draft night, though. I mean, um, because um, COVID was going on, how did the WNDA handle that? This past year? Yeah. Um, they just did it from home. So it's kind of like what we were doing. Well, no, no, I'm talking about mm-hmm. your year. Oh, my year? Oh, yeah. um, no, I mean, it was, it was awesome. You, they brought you in. There's a red carpet, cameras everywhere. You, um, uh, there's food, I think. I, I have no idea. Um, but then you just get to your table and um, kind of what you guys see on TV is how it is. And then... Mm. After you get drafted, you kind of go through um, a whole bunch of interviews, pictures. Um, you know, it takes a while. I think it lasted, you know, around five to six hours. So it's a it's a long night. Wow. Um, but when you, I mean, your your adrenaline's going, you're happy. You you know where you're gonna be placed, and um, so it's an awesome experience. And for them to ha- be able to have like your family and everything there, it makes it even better. But it is funny because a lot of people are like, oh, like what was your signing bonus? And I was like, well, you know, we get a hat. We get a hat in the day. There is no signing bonus. It was a Phoenix Mercury hat. <laughs> yeah, super fun. <laughs> wow. So after being drafted, how long after did you have to get to Phoenix? Uh, so you um, drafted that night. You leave, we left real early that morning, and then I got two days to pack all my stuff up and, and head out there. So wow. it's a pretty back-to-back thing. So so you land in Phoenix, and, and you get there. Like, is it, I mean, you like, oh, man, it's the, the sun and the, the valley and the sun. Like, Well, it, it's weird, though, because, you. I mean, in college, everything, your schedule's set up for you, and um, there's food always there. Like, they tell you, you they plan your schedule, so you kind of just follow what they tell you to do, right? Well, right. I know, like, when I got there, I was like, 
so like where like where's the food <laughs> and they're like well you gotta go get it <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> it was a learning experience for sure but they um you know diana took me under her wing a little bit bg definitely did and um mm-hmm. so they kind of show you the ropes and it's like you're a freshman all over again and so yeah a lot of people don't talk about it but that transition of you know college you're the star you're the go-to like mm-hmm. you know you kind of rule the roost like you yeah you do what you want and then you're you're humbled again and and you gotta kind of figure out what role you are you you have to own that role even if you don't like it and it's a it's kind of a roller coaster but i just try to stay right in the middle and but it's a lot easier said than done and especially when you're so far away from home and you don't know anyone in that city um mm-hmm. and particularly it, it it does still get kind of lonely because our team wasn't very close that year either so mm. We would we would go to the gym and we would um, practice and then you didn't hear from anyone until the next day. Like no one hung out, nothing. So um, it, it was a weird transition. Did you have to find your own place to live and, and all of that? Like so, so during training camp, um, as as a rookie, we, you live in a hotel for like a month until the um, the final roster, and then they put you in team housing. Which uh, our team housing was. I mean, they treat us really well. Like our team housing was great. And then actually my sister decided to just take a year off Mm -hmm. because she was deciding what she wanted to do at the time. And so she actually came and moved with me down there. So that made it way more fun. Oh, yeah. So we had a a good time, you know. I know you felt more comfortable when Big Sis come there. Like, oh, yeah. Exactly. So that was fun. But it it is a they they treat you well. You know, they they put you in nice living. We we travel well. We eat well. And uh, they take care of us. But that transition period, no one talks about it. So you're kind of just thrown in there and you have no idea what the hell to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish that they would maybe change that a little bit, but I'm trying to help the people who come in so they don't have to kind of go through it. We went through because it's hard. So you fulfilled the hoop dream, drafted, getting ready to be you're in Phoenix now. What was it like when you first saw that uniform with your name on it? Mm-hmm. And what was that first practice like? Yes. Okay. So when you see, well, it was practice first because you had to officially make it, you know? So that mm-hmm. first practice, it's, um, you don't know what to expect. You don't know if it's going to be super hard. You don't, um, the, one of the first things they tell you actually, while you're in New York during the draft, they're like, do not, don't be starstruck because if you be like, Hey, can I get a picture? Can I do whatever? They're definitely busting your ass in practice. Like they, that's <laughs> mm. something you don't do. And so, um, you are like, Oh, these are the people you kind of grow up watching and you want to be like, but now you're one of them. So you got to act like it, you know, even though deep down you're like, Oh, Hey, I know. Right. <laughs> and that was, it was, it was kind of in not intimidating, but like you wanted to make sure that you're on your game to impress them, to, to show them that you could play, you know, even though mm-hmm. they know you can play, but no, our first practice was, uh, intense, but honestly, it was, it was not hard. Like our WNBA practices, um, are the easiest practices that you'll ever do. They say college is the hardest step and it mm-hmm. is, it is, but they destroy your body in college. And here it's more of, I mean, you're a professional, you know what you need. And if you want extra work in the weight room or on the court, that's what you do. And so that was kind of something you have to get used to too, because you're not mm-hmm. being told that you need to be here and it's mandatory. So <laughs> but first practice was fun. Now that uniform, Uniform. When you saw saw Sophie, when you saw Cunningham on the back of that uniform. I was just almost relieved and and happy because you work your tail off um, and it's still like, you know, you're on the team, but you don't officially know you're on the team. 
and until they, you know, call your number pretty much. And uh, it was just like a sigh of relief, but it was more of, I, I just felt very grateful to be there because mm-hmm. it wasn't just me that was representing that Jersey. It was all the people that have poured into me over the past, you know, 20 something years. Um, and it's almost like their dream came a reality too. And um, it's still kind of surreal and you, you can't take it for granted because, you know, you could be cut like that and, or you could get injured like that and never play another game in your life. And so um, I, I try not to take it for granted. But when I first saw that Jersey, it was just, um, I felt super blessed and felt just happy, you know, like you made it, yeah. you finally did it. So your childhood dream came true. Well, I have to tell you this too, Sophie, one of our female Chicago legends played with Phoenix and won a chip with him, Cappy Pond, Dexter. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know who she mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. This girl, let me tell you, she went to my school and I was gone already, but this girl in high school as a freshman, she ta- she had the WNBA logo tattooed on her and she said, this is where I'm going. And this girl came upstairs and played with all dudes mm-hmm. every day. She played <laughs> with the boys basketball team. Yeah. And then when it was time for the girls' practice, she would leave our, you know, our, our gym and then go downstairs and practice with, with the girls. Mm-hmm. But she was so far advanced with the girls who she was playing with because her, her body movements and everything was like a dude's, like mm-hmm. because she played with guys like that. So when, when we saw her go to, uh, go to college, we just knew she was, yeah, she's going to be in the WNBA. And she went. Mm-hmm. So she, I mean, I, I was so proud of her when she went to Phoenix. They still have her jersey, uh, her championship jersey in our uh, school case. Really? Oh, that's yeah. so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. No, her picture and and all, I mean, they've won three championships down there and she was a part of it. And she, so her picture is everywhere uh, in our arena. So that's cool. That's I didn't know y'all went to the same school. That's awesome. i tell you this, though. You guys have, and I just got to say it the best way I can say this, one of the coldest uniforms those black ones with the phx mm-hmm. them things uh them some beast of some uniforms they are i'm like oh my goodness nike done did something this year with them uniforms i'm like i like those y'all don't wear them enough though i know well and we get to we get to decide what we wear i'm like and everyone's like why are we wearing these freaking whites and whatever like everyone loves the black ones yes. and we and we play good in the black so it's like what what are we doing so <laughs> it's common sense people don't really have common sense anymore <laughs> but i know the, the black ones are nice yes so sophie you 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 have you got you have a chance to play with one of the best female ballers of all time in the white mamba diana tarasi how is she as a teammate absolutely love her but she is intense like um on the court i'm telling you that she the way she thinks, I've never seen anything like it. And, and I, I have a high IQ, you know, and I've been around people who have higher IQs than I do, but it's out the roof. I'm telling you, like she is four plays ahead of everyone. Her, she's, she coaches our team. She's the one who calls the plays. She's the one who does all that. But, um, Damn. yeah, she's intense and she's, um, oh God, she's kind of an asshole. Like she is, I would hate to be playing against her. I'm so happy I'm her teammate. But at the same time, she is one of the nicest humans you'll ever meet outside the court. Like mm. she, she's in the community. She, she's good. She's, a, she's a vegan. She makes fun of me that I eat meat, and I'm like, you wouldn't be hurt as much as if you would just eat a steak. Like eat it. But, wow. Um, <laughs> you just eat it. Yeah, we we go. We, I mean, we have a great relationship, so um, we make fun of each other all the time. But she, um, just to say, I'm her teammate, and for everything that she's done and accomplished, and she's not done yet. 
Um, I mean, that's something I'm going to cherish forever. I mean, I try to be a sponge around here, try to soak up all her knowledge. So from what you just said, I was going to ask you, did she had a Mamba mentality? But I, I, what you just said, she does. <laughs> yeah, she does. hundred percent. You have to be an asshole sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like you have to like and yeah. stay on your teammates. Like a lot of people didn't understand that about Kobe, but I'm, I'm so glad he, he, you know, he was just a, a different type of dude that was able to transcend his his outlook on wanting to be great and so many other people wanted to follow that like once they found out what it was and how you have to be and how great you you know just go do it you know Mm -hmm. do it every day you know I bet Diana because she's where she at now that's why she's had all the success that she's having because she has that mama mentality I wish I would have been teammates with her in her prime Cause I think that would have been like badass. Uh, but she, I mean, she's getting a little older now. And so she's still her, herself, but I'm telling you, like everyone will be talking. And, and once she starts talking, it's like coaches, our GM, our owner, everyone just like goes silent. And, <laughs> and, and it's like mad respect, mad respect, yeah, mad yeah. respect. Okay. She earned it, baby. She earned absolutely, it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. So you, you, your rookie year, you playing, when did you get starstruck on the court doing a game and who was it? I promise you I'm not trying to be like this, but I don't, I really don't get starstruck and I, I don't know why, but if, if I do had to pick a like, Oh, that's kind of cool that I'm about to play her. It'd probably be, um, you know, Brianna Stewart or Elena Deladon mm. and Stewart. Like they're just like, they're just so good and you see them all the time. But for me, it was like, Oh, like that's cool. You know, but I was never like, Oh, like, you know what I mean? So, but I mean, they're just really good players and, um, I actually got to meet Kobe my my um, rookie year, mm. and um, we were about to practice, and that's that. Now that was starstruck, I would say, because it's like holy shit, like Kobe <laughs> got to locker room. So what happened? We were all about to practice, and our coach comes out and she's like, "Hey, everyone, get in the locker room now! Like we have a really we have a celebrity guest." And I was like, "What? Like we just don't stop practice for for anyone?" And so we're all like, "Oh, like." you know, who's here and freaking Kobe walks in with the little mamacitas and we're like, Oh shit. Like this is awesome. I bet you was like, Oh yeah, we could stop practice for this. Now that was surreal. That was surreal. And that was awesome. Did you get, did you get a chance to take a picture with him? Yeah. Yeah. And it was weird because, you know, because of um, his little uh, Gianna Gigi, um, he was watching women's basketball and he's like, Oh yeah, I watched you play all the time. He's like, you're feisty. Like, and I was like, like for him to like, know, it was, was pretty cool. And so, uh, we got to talk for a little bit and, um, we got to see all the girls and whatnot. So, uh, when you, I guess when you have Diana, Diana on your team too, and BG, you kind of get those special guest appearances. And so mm-hmm. there's a perk for you. So it was nice. Even though I often wonder how much more the women's game would be progressed by now if Kobe was still there because he became a super champion for mm-hmm. the game. And literally just by him sitting on the sidelines with the, the WNBA logo sweaters on really mm-hmm. redefined the exposure for the game. So he 100%. is, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. truly missed. Absolutely. But he was even a trailblazer now because now, you know, LeBron and, and other people are starting to kind of step up for where he's not anymore. But I mean, mm-hmm. it, I, gosh, I wish that I we could have seen what he would have done to, to help our league and, and his daughter because it, I know it would have, you know, skyrocketed. But absolutely, everyone else has got to step up now. So we'll see. Talk to us a little bit about 
the WNBA culture? Yeah, so they pride themselves on diversity and it's actually really cool. Like everyone feels included. Everyone just feels welcomed and and you can totally be yourself in our league, which is, which is great. And uh, we're, we're, there's only 144 of us. So we are a really small league and um, super small. And, and I, and I think they're talking about expanding and getting another team because there's just so much talent in the world for us to only have 12 teams in the best league. Um, our culture is great. We all support each other. And I think it, it last year in the bubble, it kind of shows like how close all of us really are. And, when you put um, all of us uh, get our minds on the same page, I think it's pretty powerful. So our culture is strong and, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more to fight for and we're, we're probably going to do it. So we'll see what happens. How the hell are you going to only have 12 teams and you got damn near 30 plus NBA team? I always mm-hmm. felt that the WNBA and the NBA, you know, if they have a, a team, a male team in that city, they should have a female team in that city. Mm-hmm. And I think that, economic development together you know what i'm saying it, it would close the gap some you know what i'm saying like yeah. you just think about it we don't we don't even well chicago we just got one in chicago sky mm-hmm. but other other teams you know don't don't have a, a female league a female team yeah and and it's weird though because um la the sparks and the lakers they do but they have nothing to do with each other like the sparks are owned by someone completely different so it's it's weird, but and but if you talk to like I'm friends with a lot of the NBA guys and they're all for it. Like the the best of the best, they support us and they think that we should be treated better too, and that there should be more teams. But it's just yeah. like your average Joe who kind of they're the one. Those are the trolls that you have to yeah. go against the people who do know nothing about basketball. Right. You know what I mean? But it it's funny. But I, I hope that we get a couple more teams, and that's what the league is talking about is expanding a little more because there's just so much talent that it's not. It's not fair to only have 144 girls in, in the league. I just have to ask you this, but, you know, because uh, you're not that far removed from it. But in 2017, uh, I don't know if you read the Candace Wiggins article, but she talked about how I believe it's like 90 percent of the NBA was a certain type of way and that she was feeling, you know, pressure and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you do you give any relevance to to that? Do you think that there's any truth to her statement, or it's just her opinion? Amongst players, like it's you're fine. Like you don't you don't think about that. You, you don't know, think about team, it, right? No, and and our team is really close, and like we we all have a really good time. Like it's fun, but it's it's kind of the league. They choose who they want to spotlight and who they want to be the face of the WNBA. It's a very political game, and I, you guys know that everything you do is super political, and so. If you're good, then they're they're gonna spotlight you sometime. You know what I mean. And so I just mm-hmm. kind of try to stay in my lane and do my thing. And and one day I'll get there. Did you ever have to have a regular job and try to hoop at the same time? And how was basketball culture in Australia? Oh yeah, okay. Um, honestly, no. And even growing up, you know, our parents were like, "Sports are your job," and, and they're like, "You put all your effort. You give your your best effort." And it'll pay off for you. Like uh, college is expensive and uh, both of us got full rides. And so um, that just doesn't happen. You know, you like, you got to put in the work for it. And um, so we were, we were blessed in that aspect of just being able to focus on sports. My sister did sports in school. (laughs) I say I just did sports. Um, But (laughs) so, so that was my thing. And then in the WNBA or the professional, I I still um, just play ball. Uh, I've never, had another job uh, during the pandemic, you know, I actually did some ESPN work. So that's kind of cool to get your foot in the door and 
find different passions that I have that I didn't know I had because I've always just played basketball. Um, mm. So that honestly was kind of eye opening, and I, I enjoyed that. Um, but Australia was awesome. Have you guys ever got to go? Yeah, I've been there. Y'all don't have to single me out, okay? I haven't been. <laughs> <laughs> what part of Australia were you in? So um, I played in the WNL or NBL over there. So I was based in Melbourne. That it's Melbourne, but they say Melbourne. But I got to go to all the different states. So it was really cool. It was so fun. Yes. Beautiful <laughs> city, beautiful city. So pretty, but the sports world over there is tiny. Like yeah. basketball is a very small. Like it's not really. Like it's a thing, but it's not, it's not like sports here in America. And, uh, but the culture and the people over there and just the views, it's, it's awesome. Was that your first overseas job in Australia? Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like when you, when you got out there and you crossed the street and you looked the wrong way? Oh my gosh. And, and we were driving. So Lindsay, my sister got to come with me too. So, cause she just took the year off. So she got to come to Australia too. So fun. Oh my gosh. We had a blast over there, but just driving on the other side of the road um, was was weird as hell, but you get used to it. And then I came back to America, and I was I was messed up. I was driving how I drove in Australia, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I was like, "Get out the way, good. Sophie! Get on the other <laughs> side!" No, but that is something they're always like, like watch for how you look at the roads because us Americans were always like, but it's like opposite, you know? So, yeah, we always look oh, left. Wow. We look left. Regardless, we look left. So oh, <laughs> you look at left and traffic is coming at you. <laughs> like, oh, oh, I know. I know. But. So there is a lot of work still to do in the women's game. What do you think is going to help evolve it? Um, You know, I think just kind of doing um what we did last year in the bubble for uh, – um, you know, Brianna Taylor and, and George Floyd and uh, just the social justice movement that we did is uh, we just came together. And I think there needs to be more women in power because, you know, we just do stuff a little different than y'all sometimes. And uh, we just need a healthy balance. But um, I just think we put <laughs> a good balance. You need some strong men and you need some strong women like you need both. But um, I just think if we put our minds to something and, and push a movement, and just make people aware. But I think most importantly, educate people. Um, mm-hmm. And I think once people get educated, that's when, you know, they kind of realize like, oh, stuff does need to change. And so we're actually working on some stuff now to, you know, raise awareness for that I'm not allowed to say yet, I guess. But I just think educating people and just making people aware of how things truly are. Mm-hmm. How in terms of the game, can the game itself what what needs to happen? I mean, because again, yeah. it's, it's interesting because not just from a, the 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 women's game in terms of basketball but any sport how do how do you how do you fix the salaries and those things because when you look at women's soccer that does extremely well but mm-hmm. still make far less than yeah. men yeah how do you fix that gap it's weird and i know you guys see it too but just people kids are getting more and more athletic like girls are dunking in eighth grade it's um there's more dunks in our league than there's ever been and we're, we're more athletic like we're evolving as as humans you know as we should but honestly my my viewpoint is i think if you're an athletic girl and you feel like you are going to be a professional athlete to get in the gym with the boys like that mm. that's the way that we're going to expand our league and, and any good ball player that's what they did you know we were in the gym with the with the guys the soccer players those girls they were playing with the guys and y'all make us better and so 
I just think just keep pushing our limits, get outside of our boxes, get uncomfortable. And I think when you have really good players, like they're going to draw attention, especially with social media. I mean, social media is is really good for some things and really bad for others. Um, But I mean, when when you're good and and there's highlights, then people notice, you know, girls can ball too. And uh, we're not just female athletes, we're athletes, you know, and we, we can kick your ass. You're the, you're a troll on the internet. Come, come one-on-one me because I will, I'll kick your ass every day. So, <laughs> I love um, it. yeah. Hey, Sophie, talking about the swag of the NBA and I don't know if you know this, I think it was during the NCAA women's uh, college uh, tournament and they were showing a young lady who was face was made up like she was going to go to a, a, a I mean, a red carpet event, but she had a uniform on and she got the lashes on, the makeup, the mascara. I mean, she was really done up. And then they was like, they showed another girl who just had her hair, you know, and headband on. Yeah. No makeup on. And she was like the girl, mm-hmm. like, so what, what's the mentality of that in the league? When you see another girl all dolled up, you be like, I'm going to bust her ass with all that makeup on. That is a real thing because it's weird. Cause the girls nowadays, like, I say nowadays, I'm three years older than them, but like even them, they're all like like done up, like they're like going out or red, you know, red. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Like absolutely not. I'm gonna slap that up there right off your face. But I get looking cute, like I, I I get that, like look good, play good, you know, feel good, all that type of stuff. But right. you know, when you come off the the court and you have like it caked on your jersey and all the stuff, it's like, girl, come on, you you got to be doing something different. It's safe to say Sophie don't get dolled up to who. Not like that. Hell no. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Will, look, look, Sophie, Sophie at the free throw line. Damn, let me take this last shot before yeah. I can see. <laughs> right, right, right. shoot this damn free throw. Right, right. Hey, I, I try to, like, have my hair cute, but I just get so sweaty, and, uh, and it gets in my way. I'm like, nah, I got to. Sophie's like, I'm a ball player. I'm a ball yeah. player. Let's hoop. We can't hit a hoop. Forget all that other stuff. <laughs> Sophie, I wanna I wanna I wanna change the subject real quick. And I know we're taking up so much of your time and we're gonna we only got a little bit more to go. But I wanna throw something at you because uh, I, I recently heard that you are a strong woman of faith. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about that. Here I grew up in the Catholic Church. I went to Catholic school forever, um, which I'm thankful I learned a lot, but now I'm just, you know. Christian, you know, I'm just my own thing, I guess. But uh, I just feel like it's Coach Pinchton at Mizzou and my teammates. Uh, we were a very faith-based team in college, which is kind of unheard of. Like all of us uh, were, were Christians, and um, you know, we'd have Bible studies before games or after practice, just to kind of have a relationship, not like way outside of basketball, something deeper, something that's lasting that you can hold on to um, forever. Cause those basketball memories, yes, there you hold on to them. But um, when you can build a relationship um, just outside of sport, it, you know, it, it's different. And yeah. um, so I, I owe my um, where I am with my faith today to, you know, my teammates and my coaches for uh, helping me out because I, and I was, but I was just kind of, I believed I was a believer, but I never really practiced it. And, wasn't that great of a, <laughs> a Catholic girl, I guess. Um, but no, I think it, it's led me. It, it keeps me grounded. If I didn't have my faith, um, you know, who knows? I'd go crazy. Like in this league mm. and, and a part of the career I choose, um, you know, you don't really have a home. Uh, you don't know where you're going to be. You could be traded tomorrow. Um, 
Uh, it's hard to, um, be in a relationship because again, you don't know where you're at. And so, uh, you know, you're alone a a lot of the time. And so, um, I'm, I'm really grateful for my relationship I have, uh, in Christ. And honestly, the more that I share that more people are like, we are so happy that you share this type of stuff because we didn't know that you could be in the WNBA and, you know, be a Christian. Like we, we just didn't think that you could do that. And, uh, because there's not a lot of us in, in the league. And so um, mm-hmm. it's not always been easy, but I feel like I'm uh, perfectly placed and uh, I, I'm a light in the locker room. Uh, and it's, I didn't know if I really wanted to go back because the past two years have been hard in Phoenix, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just kind of gave it all to him. I'm like, if I'm, if I'm meant to be here, I'm here. Um, mm. And this year has been the best year yet. And so I, I'm thankful. I'm blessed. Um, but I rely a lot on him. And uh, fourth thing, because it's <laughs> I'm crazy. So <laughs> yeah, <not> <laughs> I, I don't think you're crazy. First of all, I just want to commend you and encourage you. Uh, you probably didn't know this, but I'm a pastor. So mm-hmm. I want to encourage you and commend you and, and tell you, I understand it takes a lot to be a public believer and mm-hmm. um, and to walk the walk of faith um, in in your environment and any environment that is what we would consider secular does come with its challenges and issues. And I commend you for staying in there and standing on your grounds and holding firm to your beliefs, because I do think that that will be the thing that moves you past all of the headaches, the setbacks, the misunderstandings, the difficulties, uh, the drawbacks. And so far you've been riding it strong. So, well, I appreciate that because, uh, you know, it's funny that you're around the, all these, you know, famous people who have lots of money, who could have everything that people dream of. And, um, even some of my teammates who, who have all that, they they come up to me and they're like, how are you so happy? How are you so fulfilled? And I'm like, girl, give me that paycheck. Like, but it's, it's funny. They have everything. And, and I tell them, I'm like, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a believer. I have, I have a strong faith. And, um, it's funny cause now some of my teammates are, are interested and, in, and, in, you know, maybe I'm not there for basketball. Maybe I'm there to, to spread his word, to spread his light more, but, um, then you have other teammates who make fun of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, but I'm not yeah. one to like get in arguments. I'm like, Hey, it, it, it is what it is. Like, I don't care. You know, you're not going to discourage me. And so, um, it, it, it's, it's weird, but you know, I, I'm there for a reason and, um, it is tough. So, but I appreciate your, your words. I Absolutely. thank you for that. And I think the difference is you've gone from, and I think what they've been asking you is why they saying you look different and you feel different is because you figured out how to go from success to significance and mm-hmm. they're still in success mm-hmm. and yeah. you can have all the success in the world and be very unhappy. But when you figure out the significance of why you are here, yep. that changes though. Everything becomes different. You know, the game, you see it differently. You know, life, you see differently. Friends, you see differently. So I just wanted to commend you on that. But, yeah, I heard that from a little birdie. So I wanted to get that in there. So did you get the opportunity to share your faith publicly? Thank you. So thank you. (laughs) We got to talk about the the women crossing over into the men's head, you know, coaching positions now. You know, Becky Hammond comes to mind with the Spurs. How big of a win is that for women in sports? 
I think it's huge. I think that, um, and not just in basketball, but you see kind of in the NFL and um, all sport, the hockey, like I said, golf. I don't even know. If, <laughs> I don't know. Was there coaches in golf? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I know, I know in the hockey leagues and football leagues and um, the NBA that we just bring a different perspective. I think, um, you know, we are athletic, but we are more fundamental based and IQ based. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just kind of having a different perspective, um, you know, is, is healthy and, uh, just like how we need men coaches in our league to, to give us a different perspective. And so, um, we're smart. We, we know the game. Um, so just for us to get that opportunity and for there to be more, you know, kind of women in that power leadership position. I mean, shoot, I want to be an NBA coach now. Like I I would love that. And, um, but they're, there's the trailblazers. They're setting the tone for everyone else. And, um, you just got to make the generation behind you set them up a little bit better than what you had it. And I think those women are doing that for, for me. So I'm, I'm appreciative. Yeah. They didn't kick down the door and I think it's going to be more, more to follow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, What's, what's the, what's the, the ratio in the mercury up front office are there? So we have all female coaches. Um, our front office, we have, I mean, honestly, they're all dudes. But, but they're good. They're good, and, and they're, they're behind women. They, they support us um, because I know that some of the owners and some of the people, like, they're guy owners, but they want nothing to do with, you know, the women's side. They just mm-hmm. feel like they have to have it. But our right. people, they support us. And so, you know, they're, they're males. I, I don't have a problem with, with guys at all, but I'm just saying that um, they, support, they support us pretty well. So. So the business side, broadcasting life, you know, you done, you done dabbled in that a little bit. Tell us about that. You know, you did some work for ESPN. How was that? So fun. So honestly, I had never, um, I was kind of thrown into the fire and um, I didn't really, I mean, you hear games, but you don't really ever pay attention. Like you hear what they're saying, but you don't, you're not the one having to speak. And so my first game Oh my gosh, I was blacked out the whole first half because I had, I was like, I guess I was nervous. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And so I, I don't remember the first half of the game and I will never rewatch it because I don't want to know what I sounded like. Um, but I, I settled in and it was really fun. Like it was, it was cool to kind of share my perspective and, and why people did things because when, you know, a lot of people who watch basketball or any sport, they don't know why. Uh, you know, they made that pass or why they made that move. Why are they playing defense this way? And so to explain it was, was kind of fun. And I, I liked it a lot. So with the new rule and everything, how do you feel about student athletes able to make money off of their likeness? Oh, gosh, it kills me. It kills me. <laughs> ah, really? Really? No, 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 no. I like it, but I'm saying I'm six years late. Oh, yeah, man. six years late. Dang. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, well, we feel you on that one. <laughs> oh, it kind of hurts my soul a little bit. I'm like, come on. But, um, no, good for them. I, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I think there's going to have to eventually be some type of restriction or rules because I don't know if you guys saw the that Alabama quarterback who mm-hmm. hasn't even played a game yet is already in seven figures. So it's like yeah, an endorsement. That's deal. insane. That's insane to me. But I mean, good for him. You know, I think that we should get paid more. There should be more perks, but shoot, that that's wild to me. That and you think and you think about what Alabama bring in, shit, a million, right? that, that ain't even enough. Like no. he, he need to get some more added on to that, to that right? endorsement deal. He hasn't played one game yet and he's already in seven figures. That's that blows my mind. So can you imagine what you would have what you would have did in at Mizzou? 
I can't think about it. I'll cry. I'll cry. <laughs> Sophie would have had her favorite shampoo uh, endorsement deal. Hey, you That's Sophie right. shampoo. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. So what about those other leagues, like the overtime league? Do you think the NCAA might be in a little trouble? In other countries, they start playing professionally at, you know, the age of like 14. Like yep. you can get paid and they, um, here in America to be a professional athlete, you know, you have to go through school. You have to be in school. You have to go through college for women, at least, um, yeah. you, you have to either be 21 or your junior year and then you can leave. And, um, so you kind of have to do that process, but overseas, you know, they go pro real young. And, um, I think that school's not for everyone. Um, but I do think that, I mean, six, 16 pretty young, you know, there's a lot of lessons learned, but right. I mean, if, do they still go to school in this overtime league? That's what's interesting. They will pay for their education, so they don't oh. miss out on. They're just getting paid handsomely. I play. I would do that. But once they receive monies, they can't go back to college. Like right. they oh. can't. They, that's the only thing. Uh, that's, that's to compete, kind of they can't it. compete yeah. in college. So huh. they 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 will forfeit their eligibility. Yeah. See, that's where I like I would do that, but I would but there's something about playing in college too. There's something about um being in that team environment and and playing in friends of thousands of people and kind of having, you know, repping something that's bigger than yourself. So I think there's so much um I don't want people to miss out on those college experiences, but mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes school's not for everyone and, and this seems like a good thing and you can still be educated and you don't have to go to college to be successful in life. No, like no. there's been plenty of people who've, who've done it just regular, mm -hmm. you know, regular ways. So yeah. it's, I say it always comes down to what's best for that individual. hundred percent agree with that. But let me keep it there for a minute because um, we had interviewed Seth Davis the other day, the CBS, mm -hmm. um, NCAA guy. And mm -hmm. he had made a great comment and he he had mentioned that, you know, we shouldn't be so hard on the NCAA because he said it's not like that they have not provided great opportunities for people. And he said, you know, yeah. yes, players are getting paid for their likenesses where they had never been done before. But he said, but in retrospect, school wasn't was wasn't free. Like he's saying, you know, you're getting a you're getting a education paid for, you're getting stipends. You don't have to pay for travel, room and board. So he said in a lot of ways they were getting paid. Yeah. So he was saying that we really still should give the NCAA a break. He said they need to do better. And he said they should have done better. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your take on it? Do you think uh, or agree with him on that level? I think to a certain extent I do. And I think that if you're um, a male, then you get, you get treated different. That's just how our world is. It's our culture. Like you just get treated differently. And, mm -hmm. um, even our, even when we were the most winningest team over there and like we were running campus, like our football team stuck, like we were the team on campus. Mm. And even then they were still getting stuff that it's like, no, we, we should be getting that. Right. And so, mm -hmm. and, and I, I think the NCAA, um, does a lot and yes, they, they pay for our education, they pay for travel, like that's great, but they also are, have billions and billions of dollars and for them to not do simple things. And, and I think this weight room one, they're cheap. They're just cheap. And for the, yep. this weight room thing, for that to even be a thing and it's yeah. 2021, what are you doing? What are right. you doing? Right. Like, you need, you need to catch some flack for that. 
A hundred percent. And they're all about equality and that we give them all this stuff. Dah, dah, dah. It's like, no, this is where we're still at. You guys say this stuff, but deep down, like y'all don't really care. Like you, you, know, you just yeah. want the, 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 the money that the men bring in. And yeah. so for us as females, it's frustrating. Like, yes, they take care of us, but at the same time, it's like, we're glad that this happened because you're showing your ass and that's how we've been treated. So I don't know. So I do agree, but they, they could be better. They're a billion dollar company. Like Absolutely. Which by the way is a non for profit organization. Yeah. <laughs> Set up under the five oh one C three act. That's right. <laughs> what? You guys are funny. <laughs> Share with us a little bit about you what you do with the unlearning network. Talk to us about the Sophie Cunningham podcast. All right. Well, y'all got to be guests, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, honestly, it's not, we, I haven't even had my first guest yet, but um, <laughs> that's happening next week. And so we're, we're starting to uh, get a roll on it. Um, but, you know, it's just going to kind of talk about um, athletes. I'm going to have athletes on there. Um, you know, females who are, who were athletes and where they're at now, uh, mm-hmm. males too. Um, but kind of just telling people's story outside of just being an athlete. Like I want people to really get to know, um, the authentic selves of people. Cause I think people are really mm-hmm. hard on athletes, but we're humans, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, I think it's really cool what sport has taught a lot of people and how they, uh, the transition stage of how they apply all those things they've learned into what they do now. Um, and it's just going to be a thing for young girls and young guys just to, you know, have confidence in yourself and, and learn from our experiences and things that we would do differently, the highs, the lows, um, things you need to do things to probably stay away from. And so, um, it's more of like a transition stage, but also Mm -hmm. mentoring, but it's going to be lighthearted. It's going to be fun, um, and authentic, but, um, it's going to be deep, but, but not at the same time. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. So. So in other words, she's, it's, it's going to be the Sophie table. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. I already know that this should not be called that because I'm going to get in trouble. So <laughs> we'll see. Does Sophie, do you kind of do you kind of see yourself moving into the broadcasting world after your playing days? You know, I think so. Um, but I, I really don't. I don't know. I'm open. I'm, I'm not set in stone in anything. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know I want to help people. I know I want to give back. Um, I would love to be a coach, but honestly, I, I cannot coach high schoolers or anything below. Um, <laughs> but my sister could. She got all the patience. I don't have enough patience, but um, I would love to be a college coach. But the lifestyle is hard, and um, for me to uh, hopefully I play another eight years, ten years. But once I'm done moving all over the place, I doubt that I'm going to want to continue that lifestyle. Like I eventually want to find a husband and have a family, and so. Um, I would love to go the the broadcasting journalism route. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that'd be really fun. But um, I don't know. I'm just kind of open. I'm just kind of being where my two feet are at uh, at the moment. So we'll see what happens. Well, Sophie, we want to thank you for being on the show. But my man, AG, got one more question for you. Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank you so much for being on our show. Uh, the second WNBA female we've had on our show must say you are a very inspiring young lady. You made up in your mind at a young age that you wanted to go and do something and you went every level and did it to the best of your ability. And that is that is so inspiring to our to us and to our viewers and listeners. Absolutely. Because they can they can look at your they can look at your story at your life and say, Wow, 
this girl made up her mind and she went and did something. I'm quite sure she had hard things, hardships mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but she stuck with it and, and got to her hoop dream. So my last question is, what's the next chapter in Sophie's hoop dream? To learn how to dunk, can someone give me a better hop? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think um, I I would love just to be an all star, you know, to to leave my mark on the league. And um, I know I've always had to work extra hard, um, but Mm -hmm. I'm willing to do it. And and I think I I can do that. And so um, I'm going to put my mind to it and hopefully be a Hall of Famer one day. You know, why not? Why not? So that's it. Thank you so much. Uh, I feel like we'd all get along real well, so maybe we can make that happen. I'm the gold of my era. I've been a trending topic. I'm as fly as a feather. My pocket's macroscopic. See, with time, I get better. I'm always in the action, kid. No, I got it locked from Chicago where the toughest live. Concrete jungle earn my stripes on the pavement there. You make it here, then you can make it anywhere. No comparison. Your game is embarrassing. No one can touch me, I'm all but going there again. Yeah, I think I'm ballin' like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreamin', tryna fight against a seal fate. More faith, think I'm ballin' like I'm Martha AG. I'm box office in one day, they gon' have to pay me. Yeah, I think I'm ballin' like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreamin', tryna fight against a seal fate. More faith, think I'm ballin' like I'm Martha AG. I'm box office in one day, they gon' have to pay me. Hoop Dreams the Podcast, an Unlearning Network production. Written and produced by Arthur Agee, Will Gates, Matt Hoffer, with audio engineering from Matt Savage. For more episodes, check us out at www.unlearningnetwork.com. Gotta be a dog to survive in this cold weather. Ice in my veins, no need for a warm sweater. I'm coming for it all, best believe I won't let up, yeah. Hey, I think I'm ballin' like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a seal fate. More faith, think I'm ballin' like I'm Martha Agee. I'm box office in one day, they gon' have to pay me. Yeah, I think I'm ballin' like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a seal fate. More faith, think I'm ballin' like I'm Martha Agee. I'm box office in one day, they gon' have to pay me.